Welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. A, a special programme I probably wish I'd never had to do um, about the takeover collapse. And uh, thanks to the lads for joining us. Liam Kennedy from the Shields Gazette. Steve Hasty live from a beach. He's got sand there. That could be a positive sign. And of course, Chris, uh, to give us a, a bit of a legal perspective. Uh, hi, lads. Hope you're doing well. Uh, God, where do we start? Well, I, I think we'll start with me just giving my opinion, guys. Obviously, I've, uh, as you know, been, you know, been, been, you know, 100% positive from the outset that this takeover would go through and that uh, there wouldn't be any issues. We've had the ups and downs. We've had, um, you know, various leaks on on the Premier League side. Um, you know, leaks from it seems PR. PR teams on both, you know, the, the buyer and the seller side. Uh, but nothing really put me off the feeling that this would get done at some point. Um, even up to yesterday when, uh, you know, the, the the statement came out from Richard Masters and he, he said he was sympathising with Newcastle fans, etc., um, I, I personally felt that it was still 100% likely that we would see uh, a takeover go through. So what's changed my mind? What, is, what, what has made me feel that um, this is now dead in the water? Um, I'll tell you what it is. It, it, it's quite simple. Mike Ashley's response yesterday. Mike Ashley comes out um, you know, and, and essentially says that the Premier League have rejected this deal. The Premier League have rejected the deal. Well, the Premier League would come out and say that, you would have thought. You think they would come out and at least say, well, yeah, that's between us, the buyer and the seller. But yeah, the deals, the deal has been rejected. You think that would be what would happen. Likewise, if the deal was appro approved, you think that that would come out and say the deal is approved. But for Mike Ashley to come out on his birthday of all days uh, and say uh, that the takeover has you know, collapsed and it's been rejected without anybody else saying anything, to me, strikes, um, you know, strikes to be very suspicious. That's got to be me, me honest opinion. Um, as people know, I've got people who I speak to on both sides of, of the table, the buyers and the seller's side, uh, people who I trust, good sources. They've never let me down throughout the whole process. Hence the reason I've been so optimistic that it was going to go through. And the word that I've had from both sides is that, this is this is up the creek without a paddle now, and that is why um, you know why I've gone out and said what I've had to say on Talksport and BBC Radio Newcastle, both of which you can listen to on catch up later on today. Um, and I haven't had much opposition to that from those people who would claim that they're in the know, the likes of uh, you know the likes of Simon Jordan, uh, Jim White, people who've also got good connections, good contacts on both sides of the table are getting the same message. Craig Hope, another journalist who's been fairly spot on. George Culkin, who's been fairly spot on throughout the whole process, they have also come back with similar uh, attitudes to me that they feel this is now potentially dead in the water. PCP have probably lost their, uh, you know, probably lost their deposit along with the Rubens and, and PIF. And uh, would PIF consider coming back to the table? No, I doubt it. So. That, in a nutshell, guys, is how I feel. It's it's too much to tweet. A lot of people asking me questions. You know, you were 100% competent. What's changed? And for me, it's a fluid situation. It's it's something which has changed day to day. That's why everybody has got a different mindset at different times and at different occasions. Um, do I think it could be resurrected? Uh, do I think there'd be legal action? Um, I'll leave that to to, to, to Chris. At, you know, when, when we get to Chris, you know, to give us an answer on that. Did, you know, is is there a way forward? It depends what's happened, but that's my view. 
um, you know, I've, I've given you lock, stock and barrel. I've been honest throughout the whole proceedings. Don't worry about trolls, guys. I get them all the time. Uh, people saying this, that and the other. These people are still following me. God knows why, but they are. Um, but I don't really care. Let them get on with it. Um, <clears throat> Steve Hasty, Steve I'm going to come to you. Yeah, you're obviously on some kind of family trip out or something. So I don't want to I don't want to take up too much of your time. And if you need to get off, please do. But thanks yeah, for coming on. But Steve, sure. obviously... Give us, give us your view, your opinion, mate. You've been, you've been like me. You've been quite positive. You've, you've been a voice of reason. What's your take on what's happened over probably the last week? I would say rather than the last twenty-four hours. Um, all the way along, as you know, I've been very, very positive in in the whole process. After the, the, you know, from the contacts that you've had, the contacts that we both had, that I've had separately, that I felt as though that this deal was going to continue, and the deal was continuing behind the scenes. Um, right up until yesterday, I mean, yesterday morning, uh, I felt as though everything was still ticking along. It got to it got to the afternoon. I, I watched Richard Masters uh, talking, and I still thought it was still ticking along. I thought, I thought it was interesting what he came out with. Uh, he started suddenly becoming sympathetic to Newcastle supporters. Um, whether or not the the show that he was doing with Dan Rowan was supposed to be talking about the takeover or not, I'm not too sure. I suspect it wasn't. It was more to do with the meetings that have been had at most football clubs with both the Premier League and now with supporters regarding Project Return. Um, but he got caught and he, he got dragged into a conversation and he started saying that he felt sorry for Newcastle fans. And um, if you want my take on it, I think within half an hour, or maybe it's a, an hour, um, pissed up Mike Ashley went, hang on a minute, who's does he think he is trying to be sympathetic to Newcastle fans? When... The reason Newcastle fans are in the state they're in is because of him and because of the Premier League. And I'm having none of it. And I think at that point, Ashley just thought, you know what? I'm just going to tell people. I'm just going to come out and say, you know what? The Premier League rejected this. Whether they have rejected it or not, who knows? Because I haven't seen anything from the Premier League that says it's been rejected. All I'm hearing is from Mike Ashley. And Ashley's come out and said, you know what? This is rejected. I'm out of here. Uh, sort it out, Masters. I couldn't give a monkeys. How dare you try and throw... What she probably thought was, if he's been working behind the scenes on it as well, the curveball to make the blame onto him, especially after what he's been doing uh, within the club over the last fortnight, bringing in new signings. And I think that's what happened. I think Ashley just went, you know what? I'm just going to tell people that this is not to do with me. I'm not the bad guy in this. It's the Premier League who are the bad guy. That's where I'm standing. That's where I'm. That's where I'm looking at. I'm looking down the beach at Jurich Bay here. There's nobody around us. There's no players running up sand dunes or nothing like that, so I can probably say what I like. But uh, that's the that's the situation as as I, as I feel at the moment, Steve. Okay, Chris, let's get a welcome to Mitch. Uh, we'll come to you in a bit, Mitch. Um, Chris, let's get a legal perspective from you. I mean, you know, where, where do we stand on this? Because you know, we had a buyer, we had PIF, PCP, the Rubens all at the table. My understanding, of course, was the PIF withdrew. Uh, not not the bid in, in, in you know in general, the withdrew from the owners and directors test because they were getting messed around. The withdrew from, from the owners and directors test. So so for PCP that created a bit of a problem for them. That was the major investor. Um my understanding has been the PCP have been working away in the background to try and get the deal resurrected, to try and find a solution to the the you know the owners and directors test which was you know on its way to being failed but hadn't been failed and now we're in a situation where something has gone wrong something has happened um and you know we're all left a little bit in limbo because there's a missing there's a missing piece of the jigsaw but all we know is that Mike Ashley's come out 
and 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 th for want of a better expression, a good old Geordie expression, he's thrown a wobbler. Whether he was, you know, sober or sober or drunk or whatever on his birthday, who knows? But for one reason, he's thrown a wobbler. Now he's now got to back that up. Now has he woke up this morning with a hangover and wondering, God, oh, what did I say? Or has he woke up this morning thinking, you know, I, I need to back this up. I've got to make, I've got, you know, I've got, to, I've got to, you know, I've got to sort this out. I've got to do something, you know, which is gonna, which is gonna try and change Master's mind. Where, where do we stand, Chris? Try and give us a legal perspective. All right. Um, so. In, in terms of a, a legal case, a court challenge, um, the only the only party to the deal that that could actually take this to court would be Mike Ashley. There there wouldn't be uh, I don't see any grounds for PIF, uh, Stavely or the Rubens to, um, to 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 challenge this in court because from uh, we don't even know if there actually has been a, been a decision. We just have Mike Ashley's statement. So if if we go on that and say Mike Ashley is just pulled out, uh, and and there's been no actual, uh, there's no no decision from the Premier League to challenge, then Mike Ashley uh, is the only one that could that could go forward with a legal challenge, um, and it would be on on the lines of restraint of trade. I'm I'm a willing seller. I found a willing buyer, and and a. Uh, Regula regulatory agency, in this case, the Premier League, is preventing me from selling my club to what I deem as a fit and proper owner. Um, so and anyone sort of looking to like, what's PIF going to do? What's 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 Stavely going to do? I, I don't think that they have that. That's not who to look for. It's it's to look for Mike Ashley to challenge this. Um, and if he really believes, which he may well believe, this is his only, his last only chance to to sell a club uh, at, at the three hundred million asking price uh, to get some return back, because again, you know, he bought the club for one forty, around one fifty, and then put in one hundred fifty million in his own loan. So he's he's really looking to not make a huge profit on the club, but really to recoup some of his uh, the money that he's put into the club. I've got to be honest. I've got to be honest, Chris. Mike Ashley, right? Couldn't lie yeah. straight in bed for me. And 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 ultimately, Mike, everything that Mike Ashley says, I always take with a pinch of salt. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to just suddenly believe him because he says this has been rejected when we haven't had an official confirmation from the Premier League. So that's what I'm saying. For me, I think this has been some kind of knee-jerk reaction from Mike Ashley, and I do think that something's happened to you know to 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 sort that you know to to get that kind of reaction. And and Mike Ashley does this. He he's got history for it. Um, I genuinely feel you know we've got you know we, we've got I, I don't know whether this has got any further to play but i just think pif pcp and the rubens will will be sick to sick sick to death of this you know yeah you know it's 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 sort of a reversal of all the other takeover takeovers that you heard mike ashley lose patience with with the, um with the with the other side and then pull out um i i just i think that uh you just want to see how how desperate he is to, to get rid of this club and clearly he wants to move on and and put his money more into the high street than into the uh than into uh st james park um uh so we'll, it's 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 un unclear what his what his, his next move will be but uh I, I i wouldn't be surprised if he's exploring uh legal option i mean there, there'd be two venues whether you'd go, take it to the high court 
or take it to the court for arbitration and sport. But I think either way, the, the first move from the high court of the court for arbitration and sport would say, have you exhausted all of your remedies within the Premier League? And they would say, oh, well, the, the Premier League does have a, uh, a, a, a an appeal process. And if the ha we did get an official rejection and you hadn't done the appeal process, I think any court would say, before you take it outside of the Premier League, you need to exhaust your legal remedies that are already set up within the Premier League. So the, the first one would be a, a, an appeal within the Premier League process as, as set up by the bylaws. We, haven't, we, we don't have any indication that's happened. P perhaps that was what, what, what went on in the background these last couple of weeks, that there was a sort of a quiet appeal within the Premier League. But I don't have any indication that that has been the case or not. Quick answer to Nathan's question, Chris, on the screen. Okay. No, uh, no, this is not about damages. This this would be saying that, like again, going back to my uh, thing about re restraint of trade. Like we have a willing buyer, a willing seller, and you're the the reg regulatory agency, Premier League, is preventing me from selling my club. So it's it's not about damages. It would actually try try to force a decision um, outside of the normal channels of the Premier League. Yeah, okay, we'll move on to you, Liam. Uh, obviously, from a journalist's perspective, you've covered this with great aplomb in the Shields Gazette. You've had uh, inside knowledge from, from different sides. You've also had, you know, great conversations with family and, and friends that you have in Saudi. Um, you know, what's your take on the mess that, that we find ourselves in? It's, I would say, in 10 years in the industry, it's probably been the most challenging story challenging narrative I've ever had to cover. Um, so many contradictions, so many um, false dawns, false alleys. It's been a real, real challenge from start to finish. And before I go on to the, the what's and wherefores about where I think the deal is, I think, I think I've just got, uh, been a fan, I've got uh, sympathy with all Newcastle United fans out there. I think a lot of people are hurting today. A lot of people um, are upset by what they read last night. A lot of people took some positives from it. I'm not sure those positives were, were right to be taken. I, I think we're in a really difficult position here, um, as, as has been spelled out by you guys before me. Um, I find it a real challenge to think that this deal could be put back together. I think for any kind of legal challenge, which did, did sort of try and get the deal back on and wasn't purely based around the loss of legal costs, the loss of reputation or whatever, it would have to have a, a, willing, a willing buyer and, and I think your gut feeling tells you on certain things, you talk to people, you hear things, you, you speak to different sources. And I think the gut feeling that a lot of Newcastle United fans have had since that original statement at the end of July is the, the feeling that whether PIF were really, really involved, still wanting this as much as they had to that point, because they did state the pullout. It's a doubt everybody's had. It's a doubt I've toyed with for so long. Um, we've had inf information that suggests PIF were still in. Um, but I still think Newcastle United fans, when they, they look at all the facts that are presented to them as we stand, will probably still come back to that question. Do we really have a willing buyer at this point? Now, that doesn't suggest that PCP and the Rubens were not willing buyers. I certainly believe they were. But the money of this deal, the majority shareholder would have been the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. Are they really still at the table? Have they even been at the table since the original pullout? Like I said, we've had information. 
we've had confidence, we've had bias confidence throughout this process. And you've always got to ask yourself in these situations, looking back with hindsight, how confident are you in the buyer's confidence? They've been very confident throughout this process in a number of different occasions, and they've come back with they've hit, hit avenues that, that have gone dead, um, as we all have in this process. And I think, I think, I think I've lost a little bit of confidence in in the confidence from sources in, in that sense that that if this deal was going to go through, and if there was as much confidence placed in it by uh, the bodies that are making these decisions, then it would have gone through by now. I'm not suggesting everything's been done by the book. I think we all know. We just have to join the dots. It doesn't look like it's been done. And I really, I think a lot of Newcastle United fans feel um, feel really upset um, at the way this has panned out. I think there's been a, looking back on the deal, I think, I think from a Saudi perspective, I think there's been a bit of, whether you call it naivety or whether you call it arrogance in some senses, I think they've, they've come into this deal thinking we're going to do what the hell we want and we're going to do it our way. That's just not how the, how things have played out. Um, and I think they've come up with challenges that they didn't expect. Now, I don't think for one second they expected to be challenged uh, in ways that that have have actually turned out without going into too much detail, but the piracy on, on one sense was something that could have been sorted. That if you really had intentions on buying an English Premier League football club, which I think they did, surely you should have got all those ducks in line before you started a bid. Especially the people who took the bid to the Saudis, PCP, probably should have picked up on this as well and realised that this is going to be a major problem. It has proved a major problem, no matter what the reasons or why or wherefores Mike Ashley, the Premier League, may say. The piracy has been a massive, massive problem, and it hasn't been sorted out. It still hasn't been sorted out. They've tried after the event to put things in action that still haven't been enough. Um, you can tell I'm going around in circles here. I'm, I'm totally jawed, vexed. Everything you can think of. It's been, it's been really an unsettling six months. Um, it's been. Um, it, it sucked me right in. It sucked all Newcastle fans right in. And and I think it's one of those things that, unfortunately, we're at a point now where we're on the verge of a new football season. Um, we've had an exciting week. It's been a Newcastle United week. You could never have predicted um, when you'd woken up on Friday that Newcastle United would, would buy players for the sums that they have, shell out contracts like they have, and then all of a sudden have a takeover on and off and on and off again. It has been so Newcastle United the last four or five days that people are people are genuinely hardened to this now. It's 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 been so 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 challenging, so so draining. I think you guys are you guys on this call will feel exactly the same. Drained. I think that that's something that really sums up my emotional state at the moment. Um, how do you move forward from this? I think we, we have worked out at least that Mike Ashley desperately, desperately, desperately wants to leave this football club. We never thought that a year ago when bids were coming in, when we had um, BZG, for example, who was talking last year. We were never even sure whether Mike actually really did want to sell the football club. Those on the inside of the deal, yes, did realise that. But as fans, purely as a fan, you look at it and say, does he really want out? I think we now know he really, really wanted out. And that, to me, now we're actually in the Ashley end game, makes this even more painful because... It's always just been a passing note that uh, people are interested. Oh, there's a bid, this, that, and the other. But, but does he really want to sell? This is his cash cow. He's sitting there happy. It's just ticking along as long as they don't get relegated. Whereas now, we're sitting saying he desperately wants out. And somebody, whichever point they pulled out, whether they were still interested yesterday or not, 
at some point this summer, there was a really willing buyer willing to buy in this football club, investing it emotionally. PCP, for credit, Amanda, Murdad and others really bought into the idea of Newcastle United, the Newcastle United that we all love, the idea that Newcastle can be something more than what it is at the moment. And that is even more damaging because there was people willing to take this football club on who really understood it. And then there was going to be a big financial um, back end behind that as well. That rug's been pulled from underneath my feet. It genuinely, I think today, I've talked about this emotionally, but it feels like having a winning lottery ticket and sticking it in your jeans and in the wash and, and being in pieces. It genuinely feels like that to me. Yeah, no, all good points. David Falp, uh, summing up how everyone really feels, I suppose, that for this deal to be officially cancelled, I think all three parties, Ashley, the seller, the PCP group, the Rubens and the Saudis, Teresa's statement, along with the EPL saying it's over so we can move on. Yeah, and now, you know, if that doesn't happen, there's obviously a reason for it not happening. And and, and that's that's probably the missing piece in the jigsaw. Mitch, um, Thanks for coming on, mate, at short notice. Uh, All right. Yeah, try, try and try and make sense of this from your perspective. Where, you know, what, what, what's, what's your views on, on, on what's happened over the last, you know, 24, 48 hours? It's really very difficult to disagree <clears throat> with much that any of you have said. I think Liam summed it up very, very well indeed. Uh, we're in a situation where, like Chris rightly says, all along we've been told that the only person that could have grounds for a legal challenge was Mike Ashley. And the kind of legal challenge he's talking about is something that, if it was successful, could blow the game wide open along the, along the lines of Bosman to say that a regulatory body cannot overrule who he sells to and how it was about. You know, that would be a massive change in the game and maybe something that needs to be looked at uh, the way Bosman did. Um, it does feel like a toys out of the cop moment from Ashley because... My understanding is, is that certainly people in Saudi were only given about five minutes' notice before that that uh, statement was released, and they weren't consulted at all. Um, I have no doubts that PIF were back at the table, and that's why we're hearing about a rejection. I think there was more info submitted. Um, things came back, and everything genuinely up to about three hours before that statement from Ashley um, was, as Liam rightly says, that sort of um, overconfidence stroke bullishness was still very much there. Um, and that statement came as a bombshell. And it's a, I think it surprised a lot, quite a few people. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think there's still a load of questions that I have. Um, that's probably something to store for Friday. Um, and some of these questions go back to the very start of the process, things that Steve and I in particular were asked by two or three individuals about the relationship with PIF and all the, the, within the consortium. Um, my understanding is there certainly wouldn't be any appetite for legal action from PIF, simply because they would be seen to be being aggressively litigious over an absolutely tiny amount of that portfolio. You know, let's, let's, let's not beat about the bush. The amount of money that we're talking about investing in Newcastle United is actually such a tiny amount of their portfolio. Is it worth them losing face on the global stage by being seen to be aggressively litigious um, over something that's a tiny amount of that portfolio in current times. Um, it's really very, very difficult indeed. However, the person who is aggressively litigious, and bearing in mind we were talking about this weeks ago that we'd been told Mike Ashley was primed and ready to go. Um, so on his birthday, somebody's obviously lit his fuse. Well, Richard um, Marston's probably lit his fuse. 
Very possibly. Very possibly, mate. There's some sort of pushback from Ashley. And let's not beat about the bush. The money spent was he's spent and the, the money that he's, he's laid out on players was to do make sure one thing it covers both his bases one it gives a better squad which he knows the only way he's going to get top dollar for the club is to remain in the Premier League so he has to do something about that he's not that stupid and B when he does eventually sell it it's somebody else's problem the squad management situation the squad's in um, so I'm presuming some of these buyers he, he's um, looking at the contracts he's handed out and the type of players he's bought he's not bought along the lines that he usually does he was always buying cash up front and selling on instalments I'm quite sure these are all going to be bought on instalments and he probably hasn't laid out that much cash up front for all of them he signed a, a 28 year old on a 5 year contract that's totally out of character you know these, these are moves that are not Mike Ashley moves at all and like Liam, Liam finally says I've taken some stick for this saying this in the time but Mike Ashley's always been a willing seller. He's just a very difficult seller. And he's now proved to the world. And I've, the other thing Steve and I have always said all along as well, he doesn't care who he sells to. He sells to the person who he's sure he can get his money off and put it in his back pocket. It's as simple as that. And so, um, you know, he, he is a willing seller. He's just a pretty difficult one. But he's shown how far he's prepared to go to try and force a sale through. This legal action he'll take will not force... PIF to come back to the table. It'll not force this takeover through. Um, but it's going to give the football world a shake if he's kept angry enough for long enough. Steve, we're in a position here, really, where, you know, over the last few weeks, you know, fan pressure has been applied. People have signed petitions. Um, we know that there's been, you know, quiet, you know, quiet goings on, manoeuvring in the background. Uh, there's been politicians involved. I think George Culkin, when he when he tweeted last night, had said that there'd been wheel greasing at uh, you know at Westminster. Um, and then we have this grenade thrown in by Mike Ashley last night. Um, you know, an implied threat, I suppose, of legal action from Ashley. Um, no response from the consortium or, or their partners. Um, you know, and now everyone really confused. The fan base confused. Lots of people guessing, second guessing, scratching their heads. Uh, I guess the big question is what happens next? And, and, and nobody really knows. No, we don't. There's a statement come out from Ashley again. I think it's been on Sky about 40 minutes ago or so, saying that he's dis as disappointed as the fans are, um, which I thought was quite telling. He didn't have to come out and say anything else. He said what he had to say yesterday uh, for all intents and purposes. That's not Mike Ashley coming out with more statement and more statement and more statement. You usually hear from him, then nothing again for two or three years and then another statement. So I'll, I'll stand by what I said uh, earlier that uh, that he threw his bottles out the pram. Uh, whether he was pissed or not, I don't know. <laughs> um, like you say, Steve, it was his birthday. Um, and let's see what let's see what happens in the next 24, 48. I think everybody's commenting saying we've got to start hearing from from PCP, from the Rubens, from the Premier League themselves. And if we do hear from them and we do hear statements from them, then we'll. Oh, nope. we've lost Steve. Oh, Chris, no. we'll come. Chris, we'll come to you. He's obviously had a cut off at George Bay. Um, Chris, come to you. Um, just really the same question after after what I said. What 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 happens next, mate? What 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 does happen next? Sure, I just wanted to pick up one thing that Liam uh, mentioned um, about the piracy. I think I think no matter how many times we heard about who's the real owner of of, of Newcastle uh, United from the buyer's side, 
I think that the piracy was really the the elephant in the room, and un, un, until un, until you could legally watch Premier League football again in, in Saudi Arabia uh, for whatever arrangement, there there wasn't going to be a, a, a movement on this deal. Um, and, he, and you could say there was a bit of a trap. I talked about this before, but a bit of a trap to say that as if if you name uh, Mohammed bin Salman as a director. For the odors and directors test, then they would be able to to link link the piracy uh, to to him, and then say we're going to reject it uh, on these grounds. On that, so on, until you had a, a, a settling of the piracy issue, that was always going to be a, a stumbling block for who's really controlling and 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 running this club. I I don't. I'm not convinced that the Premier League was that concerned about oh would Mohammed bin Salman be able to like hire and fire new directors uh, you know at will. I, I think it was really uh, in the most immediate uh, terms it was about uh, the, the Premier League protecting their commercial rights in the Middle East and and, and that meant uh, restoring Yen's uh, rights to the region until 2022. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> For me, really, the whole thing has just been a—it's been a mess over the last few weeks, and I, and I think that's why there's so much confusion among, amongst the fan base. Lots of people watching, lots of people commenting, and uh, you know, I think unless we get some kind of reaction um, from uh, the potential buyers. Um, then you know we're we're all left in a little bit of limbo because you know we've got Mike Ashley talking about legal action, which I presume now we'll just concentrate on either doing or not doing after he's spoken to lawyers. Liam, I mean, this is the problem, isn't it? The fan base are left confused. They're left high and dry. They don't know. They don't know what what is actually going on. Look, they've been the fan base has been out and pull out the post throughout this summer. It's been on. It's been off. There's been problems. It's been no red flags. It's it's been such a such a draining period to be a Newcastle United fan. Never mind have to earn your crust by writing about it and, and actually finding these things out. It's been it's been really really troubling. Actually, it's been a real challenge because there's a lot of people a lot of people uh, really rely on Newcastle United to put a smile on their face at times, and it's and it's been a really challenging decade or so. Um, and I think this gave them a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. The, Newcastle United could have a chance again. Um, it's it's all down to PIF, really. Effectively, if 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 their money is still at the table, I know Mitch said he, he thinks they're still there. Um, I mean, that's information that I've had as well that, that they are still, or they were up until very recently were. still there. They were, yeah. That's that's the thing. Were, um, but it's unless that money is is still there, then this this takeover has gone. As we're saying, it's 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 bit in the dust, unfortunately. And I think. Moving forward, Mike Ashley, does he, do PIF really have the appetite to to take on any kind of legal challenge to PCP? Having lost money already, have the appetite to take on some kind of legal challenge that might bring regulatory change at the Premier League? Does Mike Ashley have that kind of um, appetite, really, having spent so much time and effort on a football club that he's never, ever spent so much time and effort on to suddenly burst through and, and get this takeover done for all of a sudden the PIF say, well, well, no, we're not going to buy it anyway. Is there really the appetite there? I would honestly really doubt that 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 will that'll happen. Now, I don't doubt legal action could well take place. That's not what I'm doubting here. 
what I'm doubting is, is there going to be legal action to push this takeover through? And that's what I'm doubting. I think people will want uh, want reparation. I think they'll want money back for money lost, for reputational damage. I think there'll be lots of that kind of thing go on. Um, but until until we have any kind of definitive clarity, which I think after Mike Ashley's statement, I think the club still need to give a little bit more clarity on what that statement actually said. Did it say that there has been an outright ejection? Well, not really. Did it say that he was going to take legal action? Well, it kind of did, but not 100%. There needs to be some clarity from the Premier League. The clarity from the Premier League needs to be, can you say anything about this, yes or no? Um, that would give a real indication as to whether this thing was still <clears throat> on the table and had they even made a decision, as you guys have hinted at earlier in this uh, podcast. Um, we also need some kind of clarity, potentially, down the line from the buyers. We need some clarity from PIF. Um, their intentions, whether they'll do that again, whether there's the appetite to even consider it, considering the embarrassment that's gone on for such a small, minute purchase in their vast worldwide portfolio. We need some clarity from PCP. Um, are they going to give up on this? Are they not? Suggest they probably are by the sounds of it. Are the Rubin brothers, are they giving up on this? Let's not, let's not forget um, the, the two buyers who, who we know 100% are really still up until hours ago even were committed to this, have within their power the cash, the resources to buy this football club outright and still be one of the richest football clubs in England. There doesn't seem to be the, the desire to do that. Why? Can we have that explained? I think there's so many um, questions that Newcastle United fans will just be bouncing around in their head at the moment that it, it's so, it's just such a, such a real, it's just a sickener. And I think I'll probably sit here talking because I'm I'm the same as most people out there that that it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was kind of half expecting it, half expecting that there would still be a rejection on the end of it. Um but some people still held their hopes and, and wanted this to go through. I wanted it to go through, I was desperate for it to go through, but it appears as though we're now going to be looking at a landscape whereby there is a prospect of legal action. I think the de there's definitely grounds for legal action, but whether the appetite remains is is Another thing altogether, and, and we're left with a landscape where Mike Ashley's going to hold the reins of the football club in the short to medium term while still looking to bring a buyer on board. Will he find one in the current financial climate? There will be people out there. We've seen Joe DeGrossa, who did take a look at Newcastle United last year. We've seen people like that who are looking at this as very much a buyer's market and want to buy a football club because they think they can get it cheap. Um, will that happen? I think we know. I think we know. Mike Ashley's found it very difficult to sell this football club um, for quite a long time. Will there be anybody ready to just give him that three hundred million? Probably wants a little bit more after all this bother. Now, um, is there anybody willing to do that? I'm not so sure. Mitch was talking before about the the, the contracts. Um, I can see why Mike Ashley is so angry this week because he's kind of given out deals. It was mentioned uh, Callum Wilson's on a deal till he's 33 at least. Takes a year option to be 34. He was on 100 grand a week at Bournemouth, let's not forget, right? If he's on anywhere close to that at Newcastle United, he breaks the wage structure. He's the highest paid footballer at Newcastle United. I would suggest he isn't coming back for much of a wage cut. It might be 90 grand. I don't know. I'm speculating here, but you'd think he's not going to take a massive wage cut to come to Newcastle United. So let's say he's on 100 grand, for example. He's going to still be earning that potentially in a Mike Ashley ownership at the age of 34. Jeff Hendrick, they wouldn't give it. They wouldn't give a two-year deal to Modi Army when he was a crucial part of the first team when he was thirty to take him to thirty-two. 
he left because he only offered him a one-year deal. Jeff Hendrick, who will be on more money than Modi Army was on because he was a free co- free contract, has now been given a deal till the age of 32. This Mike Ashley will be sitting now very, very angry because I think he's taking these decisions. There was a lot of spe- speculation saying, have, have uh, PIF, have PCP, had a little hand, give a little bit of money. I don't think that's my speculation. I don't think they did. But I think Mike Ashley made those decisions with the idea that his club was gone and he wouldn't have to deal with that in two years' time when he was yep. facing up another injury for Callum Wilson who was going to be stuck on a contract till he was 34. And I think that's that's really telling that Mike Ashley will be absolutely seething. And you can tell by the, the nature of the statement um, that he is um, because these are deals that he does not want to fulfil. He doesn't want to sit here in four years' time paying a 34-year-old, uh, sorry, five years' time paying a 34-year-old 100 grand a week. It's incredible. And that would actually, in the medium term, uh, leave with me with a lot, a lot of concern about the future of Newcastle if Mike Ashley is still sitting here in a year's time because there's no way, shape or form he's changed for the good. He's not changed forever. He's only changed because he thought he was getting rid. He will not do this again. Next summer will not be the same. And that could be a real problem because we're back to the bargain basement next year and there'll be no big contracts for no Premier League players coming around. Yeah, great points, Liam. Nathan says, Premier League released a statement when Southampton's takeover was rejected. There hasn't been one yet so far. I wonder why. A lot of people want to know why the Premier League haven't come out and just said it's been rejected. And that is the big question here. Why hasn't there been a comment about that from the Premier League? There's been a no comment. Um, Mitch, who's the biggest losers in all of this? Fanbase. We've been dragged through everything. Um we're given hope and having it taken away and then given hope and having it taken away. Um, there's many people who have already walked away. Let's not forget the 10,000 season tickets that were handed out. Um, we've got disillusionment. We've got heartbreak. We've got people who are just fed up and can't bring themselves to go back and support. Um, not, not that that seems to be a relevant thing with things ongoing at the moment with COVID, but in the long term, that is... We talked about it last Friday, about this generational hiatus that's on the horizon. And I think it's very much certainly there. You know, um, we can't live on the back of, of the Keegan years and the win over Barcelona in the Champions League any longer. It's too far long ago. Or we've got a generation that all they know is Ashley. All they know is austerity and keeping my heads above water. All they know is relegation and promotion, relegation and promotion and yo-yo. That's not the lifeblood in Newcastle United. So the, the losers out of all of this, as always, in any situation with, with, with clubs, when, particularly when finances and clubs are involved, losers are always the fans. Mm, fair enough. I mean, it's, it's a nightmare situation, Steve. Welcome back. Um, yeah. You know, PIF, as we know, the, the walked away from, from this. Uh, and I think, you know, my, my feeling is that they never really got PIF back to the table. PCP have obviously been trying to, to you know, to appease the Premier League in some way, shape or form. And, and I think someone mentioned that they're using Mike Ashley as a conduit between themselves and the Premier League. But it seems to be quite clear that for one reason or another, um, somebody somewhere or organisations or countries somewhere haven't wanted this to go through uh, for whatever reason. And at this moment in time, they seem to have won, you know, have they won the battle or have they won the war? You know what? You're dead right. There has been outside influences that the very outside influences that uh, 
that the Premier League said weren't involved have been involved. We know that. We, we know that simply, as we said on the show a couple of weeks ago, by trawling back and looking at comments that were made by the Premier League, that there were been influences by things outside of the, the particular deal, outside of the Premier League, outside of football. Um, obviously, business, uh, and, and Liam's mentioned it uh, earlier, you know, the whole the whole piracy aspect. We know that, that 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 had an influence. But we were under the impression that all of that was being smoothed over. We saw evidence from Saudi that that they were working on smoothing the piracy aspect. And then it comes down to it comes down to that that piece exactly as you're saying, Steve, where we thought that uh, PCP were holding this thing together in the hope that uh, PIF could be appeased or more that the Saudi government could be appeased at the insults that they felt had been bandied their way and the questioning that had been put into place regarding their position and their influence that they could have to bear on Newcastle United, on the ownership of Newcastle United, how Newcastle United operated in the Premier League um, over the, the period of any tenure that uh, PIF had with, with the football club. My understanding was that, yes, uh, PCP were holding it together, but in terms of the deal, my understanding is that communication could only take place between Mike Ashley and the Premier League. That was that he was the he was the seller. There was an obstacle that had occurred. He was the seller, and he had to resolve the issues. He took on the responsibility of resolving those issues, and he said to them because, as far as he was concerned, or as far as everybody else in the system, and then certainly the Premier League who said that the buyers had walked away, which meant that it was Mike Ashley's responsibility and he took it on. And I think he's probably sat there and thought, you know, this has been four weeks now. I've been trying for four weeks. He, he, when he does deals, he expects things to happen. He expects, if, if, you, if you're doing something in his company, he expects it to jump. You know, he expects it to happen straight away. He, that's, the, that's the nature of the, of the billionaires, isn't it? You know, if they want something, they get something. They want to buy something, they get they go out and buy it. They don't. They don't have the hassle of, of anything. And I feel as though Mike Ashley, at some point over the last couple of days, just went. You know what? I've spent the money. I've bought the players that we needed. I've, I've made it out. And then, as I said right at the very beginning, somebody has implied, and that somebody being master has implied that this is Mike Ashley's fault, and and certainly not the Premier League because he was apologising. Who was he apologising on behalf of? Of the Premier League for not speaking, for simply talking to NUST at what was supposed to be a normal fan group meeting, which NUST confirmed again this morning and last night on on uh, on social media, that the conversations they had, they were normal meetings, that they just happened to have an item on the agenda for 5, 10, 15 minutes. That's all it was. So it's not as though it, that it, was, it was the Premier League talking to Newcastle United fans and giving them a full lowdown on how the deal was going, what the obstacles were, what the problems were, what the 20 problems that, that they felt were, were, were sitting there um, having, it, having an impact on them being able to sanction this deal. No, no, Mike Ashley was doing all that. And then lo and behold, he gets bored, he gets sick, he gets annoyed. Um, He's annoyed that it's taken a length of time because, let's face it, he expected this to be over by Saturday, the first game of the season. And he's and he's and he hasn't got it to that point. And he's went, stuff this. I'm going to throw the book at them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it. I'm not having the blame laid on my doorstep. I'm laying it on theirs. Now, Liam, you've talked about issues there with the amount of money that he spent. If Mike Ashley has done what I expect him to do, which is basically do transfer deals 
over the length of the deal. And I know you perhaps feel as though he's reverted back to form and he's bought Callum Wilson, for example, outright, um, 20 million quid. And he's bought the other lad for £13 million outright. That is, he's £33 million. I suspect if I was doing a deal, you know, if I was if I was Mike Ashley, I wouldn't have done that sort of deal this time round, knowing that over the horizon, within a matter of days, the club wasn't going to be mine anymore. I would have been doing the deals that said, you know what, four-year deal for Wilson, that's £5 million. Uh, £13 million deal for the other lad, you know what, I'll, I'll pay three. So I'm spreading it over the length of period of, of the contracts. That's what I would have been doing. So basically what he spent is eight million quid. And he's loaded the rest onto the football club over the next four or five years because it wasn't going to be his problem. Now it is his problem. No wonder he's cheesed off, for God's sake. No wonder he threw his bottles out the prowl A because of the length of time and B the amount of money that he's now going to have to spend. Not the amount of money he's spent, the amount of money he's now going to have to be spent that's been burdened and lumbered on the books of the football club that he thought he was getting away from and wasn't going to have anything to do with. That's my that's my belief. Now, that's the way I'm sitting. And can, can this be pulled together? Of course it can. The deals, any deal that feels as though it's going to fall to bits can, can be put back together again. No question, but it's got to have willing partners to do that. Whether PCP, whether the PIF, whether the Ruben brothers have got the stomach to carry this on. Supporters, I'm sure, are absolutely pig-sick of it. We know Mike Ashley's pig-sick of it. And the Premier League are more than likely pig-sick of it because this is, going to, this, is, this is going to have ramifications for them if Mike Ashley does decide that he's going to go for the jugular, as Neil says, and give us another Bosman situation where he suddenly starts to, to question. And I suppose it also, I'll raise the question of, has Mike Ashley got the backing? within other football clubs within the Premier League. Uh, because how many of those other football clubs, given COVID, given the issues, given the money that could have been coming into the game, um, which isn't going to come, and adding to the fact that Mike Ashley's probably also paid off, because what is, is the said yesterday with Masters, we could be looking at £700 million being missing from the Premier League coppers simply because of the fact that fans are not going to be allowed into stadiums this season. And if they do let them in, you're looking at somewhere between 10 and 15% for most clubs, if that, if the configurations work, possibly 30 for other football clubs. Everybody's going to struggle. Everybody. And now Mike Ashley's going to struggle even more because of something that's been thrown at them by Richard Masters in the Premier League. Good stuff. Chris, Jason Carter's question there. What could Ashley mean when the club stated, considering all relevant options, legal options, of course, but what else, Jason's asking? Well, I mean, there's sort of semi-legal options like arbitration. Um, there's, there's not a whole menu of options there. I think it's just sort of a, a, sort of a, a non-committal way to say that uh, – the ball is still in my court, and and I'm I'm you know I'm I I want to play this out my way and and, and not uh, your way. But so we'll see. It's I I wouldn't be surprised if if if, if Mike Ashley uh, takes legal action. Um, I don't I I would I would want to clarify whether they have gone for any kind of um, appeal process within the Premier League that we haven't heard about. Uh, because again, like that, that would certainly be uh, a, a prerequisite to sort of take the legal action outside of the Premier League. They have to, have to exhaust the 
remedies inside the Premier League first. Simple question to, to all is I'm going to come to you, Chris, first. You know, is this the end, do you think? Or is, you know, in your heart of hearts, do you think that, you know, that there's fight in the belly of the potential buyers and that it'll come back? What's, what's your honest opinion? Uh, this sort of feels like the end of the road for uh, the consortium. But I, I do think that, uh, you know, there could be, whether it's Red Bull or other other um, uh, other uh, groups, uh, Pilata uh, in the background that would come in and, and in a sort of, a, there's, there's still, even without the fans going back, uh, I think that there's still an opportunity to buy an under an undervalued asset, um, and that's if there are other willing buyers out there that that they will kind of come in and try to take the club off Ashley's hands while he's, you know, desperate to sell it. So I would say yes, maybe it's the it's the end of the PIF chapter, but not but the next chapter will be, you know, whoever wants to come in and take Newcastle next. Okay, Liam, same question to you. Is this the end or is this, you know, maybe it's just the start with legal action, etc.? What what's your what's your gut instinct with this and, and what what's your heart telling you, what's your head telling you? Um my heart and head have been in constant conflict throughout this. Um it's been really difficult to, to really trust either, uh, as it's been difficult to trust any sources as well. There's so many uh, conflicting messages. I feel like it's the end. I feel like uh, the PIF deal is done. My sources in Saudi Arabia, probably for about the last six weeks since, since the pullout, have been uh, very solid in their information that it's, the Saudis will not come back. Obviously, other information's over overridden that, um, but I don't believe they will. I don't believe that. I don't believe they're back in any. It'll come back in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think. Funny Cassini fans out there, the only uh, positive I can really take from uh, the information last night, today, and over the last uh, six to eight weeks is that um, hopefully in a year's time, might only be six months' time, we'll be sitting here um, with the owners. And this will all have just been a really, really bad dream. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be PIF, but I genuinely believe that in the not-too-distant future, we will have new owners at this football club. I don't know who, what where, when. But I do believe we're in the Ashley endgame um, and I do believe that Newcastle United fans will get their club back in some way, shape or form. Um, I can't say when and I certainly don't believe it's going to be uh, PIF own. and I seriously have my doubt whether it would even be uh, PCP brokered. I know they've suggested they weren't going to give up on Newcastle United. This was before the last week or so. But I'd be very surprised, uh, given the knocks that they've had and the problems they've encountered. Um, the problems, in some ways, that they brought to the table haven't got the Saudi finance. Um, I'd be very surprised that if they came back, spent more of their, their personal uh, fortune on trying to broker a deal for Newcastle United. OK, good answer. Mitch, same to you, mate. What's your, what's your feelings about this? You know, is it, is it all over? I'm certainly convinced that there's no direct desire from PIF at the moment that they were pers persuaded to come back to the table pending further information given and now that they're, they're noticing. I think this is relevant to what you were saying about communication coming through the club. The rejection came to the club and that's why Ashley used the terms he used. Um, and they would be told through the club, not directly themselves. 
Um, it's my belief that they were persuaded to come back behind the scenes and that manoeuvres were being made on the lowdown. And this rejection is a rejection. I'm convinced there's always going to be a desire from PCP and Amanda Stavely specifically to try and do something for Newcastle United. I'm convinced that this is a, it's become something quite close to our heart. Um, my counsel for that coming back in the future, if they ever were to, need to do it a different way. It needs to be done a very different way. And there are loads of different ways to do it. Um, but as far as this particular takeover goes, yeah, it's done. Okay, Steve Hasty, same question to you, mate. Uh, you know what? When, when the Premier League tell me that it's done, when they tell me that they've rejected it, when PCP make a statement that, yes, they've tried their best and it's got nowhere, um, then that's it over for me. Until then, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it. I'm not gonna sit where worrying about it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna convince myself uh, that it's that it's still a, a, a massive opportunity uh, for the football club. The only opportunity I think of is it was an opportunity missed. But uh, we need, we need, we need clarification. Um, we need clarification from all the parties. We need statements made. We need to see. Uh, that written down. Uh, we need Liam and the rest of his press guys to have the opportunity to actually hear from PCP and from PIF and from Mike Ashley and more, most importantly from the Premier League as to exactly what's going on with this. And uh, that's 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 where I'm sitting on this freezing cold beach in Druridge Bay, <laughs> lapping up lapping up Northumberland uh, because quite frankly, even if it was pouring rain now, I would still be happy. Because I'm I'm not in the town and I'm not in a pub where everybody's drowning their sorrows. <laughs> Liam, you're, Liam, you're sticking the thumbs up there, mate. You just agreeing with what Steve says, I suppose. Very much so. I, I, I mentioned it earlier. I can't remember if he was on or not, but I said I think there needs to be some clarity. There has to be clarity from Newcastle United on their statement. It it still left questions, despite being uh, quite bold towards the Premier League. It still left questions with regards to the rejection and a number of other things. Um, and Mike Ash, what avenues is he, is he planning on taking? I suppose maybe over the, the coming days and weeks, we'll find out a little bit more as things start to to arise and, and leak out, but I think we need clarity from the Premier League either way. Even if the Premier League were to treat everybody like adults, if this hasn't been 100% rejected, just say it's still ongoing, we can't talk about it. What is the harm in treating everybody like adults and saying that? Yeah. They haven't done any of that throughout this. They've treated uh, treat castigated fans with absolute contempt throughout this. And I think it's an insult. Every time I see Richard Masters on the TV, I find it, I'm actually offended. I think he's yeah. insulting towards Newcastle United fans, and I think a lot of people out there feel the same. Now, not for one second do I believe that Richard Masters is particularly the problem. He's the Premier League mouthpiece. The problem is behind that. The problem's with the chairman and it's with other people. Um, but he's the mouthpiece. He's the one we see, and I find him quite... Um, he talks. He almost talks down to people about it. And that, that line yesterday about feeling sorry for Newcastle United fans was a, was a real one that... that it really sticks in my throat, really. I can't stand anything like that. Just be professional and treat well like adults. And you could have said something a long, long time ago. You, know, you might be bound by NDAs. You might be bound by um, confidentiality. Nobody's asking for deal detail. Nobody's asking for who paid what, where and when. We're only asking for a little bit of information saying, are you going to deal with this, yes or no? They never even they couldn't answer any questions on that, that regard. So the Premier League um, have really come out of this looking an absolute mess um, and they need, they need to give us some clarity. But 
also similar to that as what Steve just said they need to be clear from the buyers whether that comes today tomorrow in two weeks time a month's time we need to know what went wrong and why it went wrong um, and if there's any possibility that it could still go right I don't believe there is but come and tell what that that's what I think anyway Chris, it was an interesting line from Masters yesterday about, uh, you know, potentially looking at the owners and directors test and, you know, re-examining it, especially around the the information side of things where fans weren't being given any information whatsoever, which is a point that Liam's making as well. But, I mean, you know, he is culpable here, Richard Masters, isn't he? He's he's the man who is is ultimately at some some way or some time ahead, he's going to end up falling on his sword for this because he's, he's handled it, you know, extremely badly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it shows you why he was like the fourth or fifth choice for the, you know, to be Premier League chairman. They, 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 couldn't, they couldn't find somebody to, to be stuck in the, in the job. And, you know, he was the acting chairman. They're like, well, we don't have anyone else that wants to take this job and, and we'll keep this job. So let's give it to the guy in the back room. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have the same the same reaction every time I I, I see him. I, I actually um I, I actually tried to 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 watch uh just to like listen to him with with without watching him, and you do see uh I don't know I just you just feel like a, a guy who's not very confident and standing on firm ground that he he kind of just wants to get off the screen and and. Uh, and and get back sort of into a hole and and hide. Uh, I, I think as far as uh, any reform of the Otis directors test, they they didn't have any any uh, uh, official reason to reject the bid. So um, whether that's going to go back to the owners and directors test and say we're going to from here on out we're going to take a firm stand against any kind of sovereign wealth fund. I don't think that would, that will work for. For the clubs, because I, I I just I just don't I don't see like the past ownership of one guy who was a billionaire, uh, you know, that's that, that's that's not enough money. You, you need somebody who's more than a billionaire, um, and so that's why they've got these uh, sovereign wealth funds involved, um, because it's it, again it, it it takes more than a billion dollars to run a successful Premier League club. So we'll we'll see whether it's just all talk, and I just want to get this situation past them and then just appease the top six clubs or whether they really are talking about reform for whose sake, reform for the good of all 20 Premier League clubs and any future clubs that come up, um, you know, from promotion or just, it, will, will it be reforms just to serve the, you know, cabal at the top? So I suppose, guys, the advice to everybody watching this now is uh, go to your fridge, open it, get your cans out and just bloody drink them. Yeah, drink them or yeah. pour them down the drain. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 on the, I'm on this beach and I'm thinking, you know what? You know you know who I should be looking for? I should be looking for Vera. Because she might be able to investigate and she might be able to find out what's gone wrong. She might be able to find out who's wrong in all of this. That's who I need to find. So that's where I'm off to now, Steve. I'm going to look for Vera. Well, Mike Jen says, look behind you because Henry Morris is in a dinghy on his way to the time, mate. Uh, <laughs> right, I'm, I'm going to have a look. I'm going to have a look. Where? 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 Oh, there. Is that it there? 
<laughs> Paul Oxley says the cans are out of date. Uh, so you're not wrong, mate. Um, right. Yeah, listen, great, great for you to come on, lads, at short notice. Big thanks to everybody who's watching. As always, another great audience. Looking forward to having uh, Steve and Mitch on again on Friday night for the uh, Three Amigos. What a what a session that's going to be tonight. I'm back on with uh, one of the cast members of Geordie Shaw, uh, Marty McKenna. He's a big Newcastle fan, good pal of mine. Uh, he's going to come on and uh, probably put the world to rights as well with a, a few choice words but uh, for now Chris, Liam, <laughs> Stephen, Mitch thanks very much for coming on lads take care thanks lads cheers guys cheers guys all the best